0: this is a tpt version Matthew 13 verse 22 the one sown among thorns represents one who receives the message but all of life's busy distractions his divided heart and his ambition for wealth result in suffocating the kingdom message and it
1: becomes fruitless That's a lot. we got to take it one by one with that verse. Just to give a little recap, we did establish that the sower was Jesus Christ. And the seed was the message of the kingdom. And the soils on which the seeds fell were our heart conditions or our hearts. And we went through the first two, which is the wayside and the rocky ground. And today we are addressing the thorns. And what he says here. Initially, in that parable was that when the seed fell on, why don't we read it, what the parable is and what the explanation is. Matthew 13, verse 7, please.
0: Matthew 13, verse 7. Others fell
1: among the thorns, so when they sprouted, the thorns choked them. Thank you. They fell amongst the thorns, and Jesus is saying, that seed fell among the thorns. And Mm. Jesus has interpreted the thorns here for us. So it's like the person who hears the word, that's the message of the kingdom. But he allows worries about this life. Let's address worries first as one of the thorns. The fact that he allowed it, he had control over it. Have you ever felt justified concerning a worry? In that moment when we're going through that thing and it's so extreme, we think that that thing has taken over us. And actually, we can have a handle on it. Because when you start feeling like you don't have control of that worry and it's really affecting you, then we have to address it because you should never feel like you can't control what is taking over you. <coughs> you know? So we prayed about it and she had a better understanding. When something happens to us and it's so extreme, We do have a handle on it. I mean, we've lost loved ones. How do you control not be worried all the time? How do you not allow that pain get to the other side? It's in our control. So literally, when this seed fell on this ground, remember, it didn't complain about the ground. That's what struck my attention because when the seed fell on the wayside, the number one seed, you can tell what the wayside looks like. I mean... Where we all walk upon, it's trampled, it's hardened, it's not conducive for any penetration of the seed into the soil whatsoever. So you can understand why it's just in the visible sight of the enemy to come take it. But the one that fell amongst thorns, they didn't tell us about the texture of the soil. Hmm. So these issues have nothing to do with the texture of your heart. It has everything to do with what you allow. Hmm. So you could be a good soil. You could be a fertile soil. But what have you allowed around Hmm. you? What choices have you made? And I want to make it so clear that your reason for worrying is not unjustified. If you're worried about your loved one, you see them suffer, you cry (coughs) if you... you miss a loved one you cry right so I'm trying to tell us that these things are justified but we can choose to allow it or not so this has nothing to do with the soil we aren't told that it's the soil by the wayside we aren't told that the soil is hardened or is rocky we are only told that this soil had thorns around it and one of them is worry if you are entertaining worry You may be this fervent lover of the Lord. You may be this person that just obeys God. You're trustworthy. God can trust you with the very best of his promises. But what will you allow in your personal space? It's going to choke that seed. It's going to choke the word of God. If you allow worry long enough, it's going to take over. You see that saying, when you dine with the devil, use a long fork or a long spoon. It really doesn't work like that. As long as you're dining with him, his spoon is going to be too big for your long spoon even. He's going to take over. You allowed this date to happen. He has no rules. When the sower is dropping the seed, the enemy is right there waiting to grab it. If he is able to grab it at the seed form like he did with the seed on the wayside, he will. But if your soil is able to take in the seed, he's still going to be around there. To take it from you, immediately it sprouts. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So you'll find him doing any of those things. This all started in the garden. I want you to imagine the same God created Adam and Eve. These people were created by God. They were made in the image of God. So they had the seed of God inside them. Or they were even the seed, because sometimes I fluctuate between a garden and the plants, right? God had a garden, the Garden of Eden, and planted a man there. So the man himself was the seed. So I look at it like that, and then I also look at it in the context that, okay, this is the man, and his heart, God has sown a seed in that heart. But then his conversation with Satan, or Adam and Eve, Their conversation with Satan was a thorn that began to mess with their mindsets. They began to think differently. So that seed that God had planted in them hadn't gone deep down. It wasn't really rooted yet. It was all beginning stages. And they allowed the voice of the serpent choke it. The next thorn is temptation of wealth. It says the deceitfulness or seduction of wealth. Who would have thought that wealth can have the ability to seduce one? Well, we all know that it has an ability to seduce somebody. You know, wealth in itself is not a bad thing. It's a blessing if it comes from hard work and righteous means. It's a blessing. But then it's very deceitful. I don't know if you've watched one of those movies that a great king, a very noble guy, a good guy, but because he had so much wealth, He literally would sleep on gold and everything. He started having a certain sickness. Like the wealth would take over his mind. He became aggressive. He thought himself better than everybody else. He was mean. But when they would take him away from the wealth, he became himself again. So there's a seduction that comes with wealth. And that seduction, Jesus is saying, it's not me at all. I do not take credit for this. And I don't want anybody to feel guilty or condemned. But wealth can make us get drawn to things and stuff that God is no longer the priority. Um, Nadia, can I say something? Okay. I'm looking at the
0: easy version. It says in verse 7, some other seeds fell among thorn bushes. Those bushes grew up with the young plants. They stopped the seeds from growing into strong plants. So when I look at this also, I'm looking at it from the other, you know, as you're saying about, you know, the choking, right? The other version talks about choking. And I'm thinking also, isn't that also the same with us as Christians, you know? When uh, people can choke us, also who we associate ourselves with. Yeah. You know, because it says these bushes grew up with the young plants, but they stopped the seeds from growing. So even people can also stop you also from growing, right? Who you associate with. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, and that's why the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked. Yes. Not just we think it's always just marriage, but it's also relationships. Our day-to-day, who do we... Study with, who do we fellowship with Right, yes. who, who mentors us Who
1: gives us counsel too Because even people can choke us If we're not careful Absolutely, yeah, thank you for that Yeah, people can choke us And wealth I want us to not just read these things And talk about it, but I want us To access our lives How drawn to, to wealth are we How taken by the things Of this world are we What would we rather do if we are that wealthy? What would we rather spend our money on? Mm -hmm. Remember, we're here for God's purpose. Mm -hmm. And we must understand the assignment. It's not to pleasure ourselves extremely. Mm -hmm. And God is not saying that he doesn't want the best for you. But you can get so caught up Mm -hmm. watching people on Facebook (laughs) and seeing them living the good life and be so Mm -hmm. caught up in that that you begin to desire that for yourself instead of desiring God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Amen. Jesus had all the wealth. He wasn't limited. He could have done all those things that the wealthy were doing in his day. But he understood that he was a seed sent upon the earth and that he was supposed to reach into every heart as the sower and then as the one who sets the example for us. He is the ultimate mentor. He's the ultimate guide.